to say a very warm welcome to the spiritguides.co.uk network radio. It's a pleasure to have Chris Thomas on again. Hi Ian, and thanks for having me back. Thank you very much. So Chris, um, first thing I just want to discuss really is the e-book that you very kindly allowed us to publish on the website. And on there you've got the, the sort of current thinking process uh, that's happening at the moment. So just really, just give us your thoughts on um, where we are at the, the process of soul integration at this point now we're in 2012. Oh, just a little question then. Just a little question <laughs> to start. <laughs> right, okay. Um, <clears throat> well, basically, the um, what we've been doing for the last 7,000 years is going through something we've christened the human plan. Um, prior to 7,000 years ago, we did have the whole soul was in the body. But we had problems in maintaining that whole soul condition. And so 7,000 years ago, what we decided to do was to divide the soul into two, the so-called higher self and the physical self. Um, And so the higher self makes up roughly three quarters of the total soul, and the physical self makes up the remaining one quarter. So for the last 7,000 years as humans, what we've been doing is living a lifetime with only about one quarter of the total soul within the physical body. And so what we've been trying to do is to work out what the problem was, is to find out why we couldn't maintain the whole of the soul within the body. Um, And really it's taken us the 7,000 years to, to find the answer. And really, we only found out the answer around about 1996. And so in finding the answer, we had a huge new energy connected um, to the Earth, which is basically to fire up and give us all the kind of energy we need um, to undergo this process of bringing the the whole of the soul back into the body. And so there have been various stages along the way over the last, uh, wherever it is now, 16 years since 1996. Um, And also, uh, if you look at it from a a larger perspective, then we have things like the Mayan calendar, which has always ended on the uh, 21st of December 2012. Um, But there are other ancient calendars as well, because there's an Egyptian calendar and a Chinese calendar that end pretty much at about the same time. If you look at uh, the Akashic, for example, what the Akashic has always recorded is that the um, end of this period, the 7,000-year period, ends at the end of 2011, not 2012. But if you go into the main calendar, what you find is that the um, there is within built within the calendar a series of what they call epochs. Uh, which are um, very primary marker points along the way of where where we are and what we're doing. And the very last um, epoch ended on the 28th of October, 2011. So that fits in very well with the Akashic in terms of where we should be and how things are completing. So what it's meant is that since the 28th of October, um, those who have chosen and I stress chosen um, to undergo this process of soul reintegration, can essentially do so at any time. Um, Also, since 1996, what we've seen is a massive reduction in the population. 
Now, now the official figures say that in October 2011 we ended up with 7 billion people, uh, but that's a lie when it comes down to it. The peak in population was again in 1996, where we had something like 7.4 billion people on the planet. But since 1996, that has dropped considerably. And where we are at the start of 2012 is roughly those 3.9 billion people on the planet. So 3.9. So we've come down um, considerably from the peak in 96 of 7.4 billion. And that's people exercising their choices. These are people who said, well, I can't go through this change or um, I've only got a little bit left to go through this change. So I'll sort out whatever problem I have. I'll leave my body, in other words, die, get back to a soul state, and then be reborn either around about this time or uh, sometime in the near future when all of this change has occurred. So nothing's lost. No, nobody is um, excluded from this process. It is a question of choice. If people have chosen to undergo this process of soul reintegration, then they are totally free to do so. Um, in fact, uh, one and a half billion million people, that is 1.5 million people have already completed that soul process of soul reintegration. Now, these are mainly located in uh, traditional cultures, so South America, uh, Africa, um, anywhere that's away, if you like, from Western influence then this is where the bulk of these people are located. So in other words, there are people, one and a half million people who have already completed the soul reintegration process. So there is nothing stopping anybody else doing it at any time, particularly since the end of October 2011, where a huge set of energy patterns have come together um, to allow us to move forwards. So if, if you look away from Earth for a minute, um, what we have is we are shifting from, uh, what is it, Pisces to Aquarius in astrological terms. So the planetary energy influences are changing into something quite different. But also the solar system has come into alignment with the center of the galaxy. And that only happens something like once every 26 and a half thousand years. So this this time, this, this process of change uh, was deliberately timed to coincide with all of these energy patterns shifting and combining together to allow us to draw on whatever energies we needed um, to allow us to um, alter our consciousness levels in the way in which we have the potential of doing. And in terms of population numbers, um, then something like 60% of the current population, so 60% of the 3.9 billion, which is something like 2.5 billion people, will be going through this change. They are ready or thereabouts to be able to make this shift. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, the remainder of something like 1.4 billion people have decided to leave. And it's their choice. It's, you know, nobody's standing in judgment of them and saying, uh, you're not good enough. It's just purely and simply people making a choice within their own soul um, of saying, well, I'm not quite ready for that, so I need to uh, either go home or sort myself out.
And uh, I was saying, everybody can uh, go through this change if they want to. There's nothing stopping anybody, even if they said in 1996, they said, no, I can't do it. They can still change their minds and do it if they want to. So sometime between now and the end of 2012, um, this consciousness shift will occur. Um, There's no um, two ways about it. There's no argument about it. It will occur. Nothing can stop it. The only problem is, of course, is that we have um, organizations like the Illuminati, for example, doing their best to stop this change from occurring. And so a lot of people have been influenced by the Illuminati, um, the Anunnaki, this rubbish about ascending to a fifth dimension and all this kind of stuff. Um, And those have just been thrown in to try and cause fear and panic within people um, and to try and distract them from our true purpose, which is purely and simply to reintegrate the soul back into the physical body. So that's where we are. We've, We've done everything that we need to do essentially. Um, All the energies are in place. It's now a question of when rather than if. So will that be a shock to most people when that happens? Will we wake up feeling quite differently or will it be a a change that will happen gradually over a number of days? I mean, what, 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 What's you know like the normal people that you we we come across on a day-to-day basis that don't seem to have uh, not exposed to this kind of knowledge? How would they react to those changes? Well, I think like everybody else, they just wake up one morning and go, "Oh yes, of course, that's what it's about, isn't it? This is what I should be." So you just remember, almost. Yes. Well, it's a realization because um, not everybody, you know. So we've got something like two point five billion people who are ready to undergo this change. Now, the majority of those don't know much about this change at all. Um, Purely and simply, they've done everything that they've needed to do in their life, um, got everything correct, and they're just ready. They're they're just waiting for this change to happen. Um, And then you have, obviously, those who are not going through the change, and they won't know anything about it at all. And again, generally be in total denial of everything. Um, but then there's a percentage of the people who have said that they want to go through this change, who are holding back, if you like. They're creating problems for themselves because they're, they're not actually listening to what their higher self is saying to them. And um, so a lot of people are in a state of denial. They want to go through it, but at the same time, they don't want to do the work that's necessary to get them to the point where they can. So you end up with a lot of, a certain amount of confusion um, within these people as to what's happening, how it's happening, and why. But basically, um, let's say, uh, anybody individually <clears throat> can undergo this change anytime they choose. There's, there's no nothing to stop them. Um, but because of all these forces, if you like, that are lined up against us, um, then there's been a general view that the best thing to do would be to pick a date, let's say, and then we will all undergo this transition at the same time. And that way then we will sweep away all opposition and uh, nothing can stop us. Uh, because to a certain extent, if, if you undergo this change by yourself and you're in the Western world, 
then the chances are that you're likely to be either turned into a new god um, or arrested, or both even. And so a lot of people are holding back on an individual basis in the Western world um, because of that, that, those potential problems. Whereas in say, uh, traditional tribal cultures, they don't have that kind of problem at all as far as they're concerned. They can get on with it as they choose. So the bulk of people who have already undergone this process do live in very isolated areas that are away from Western influence. Mm. So do, do you have a vision of how the world will be the next day? So the world at the moment is very much based on a monetary system. Mm-hmm. Oil um, is, is the, the, the gold, the black gold that keeps everything moving in industry and keeps people very rich and keeps everybody enslaved, if you like. Um, it's a very kind of greedy, materialistic world with people um, you know, into fashion and following pop stars and things like that. How would the world be the next day after a shift like that? Does the world just suddenly change 100%, like do a sort of 180 U-turn, or will that world still be there but kind of fade into a new way of being, if you like? Yes. <laughs> That's a very difficult one to answer, I mm. have to say. <laughs> the transition process, so if, if you are an individual person who is going through this change, um, then the process takes something like about 24 hours. Something like that. It's that quick, it's very smooth, it's seamless, there's no problems. If you're totally ready for it, then it just happens. Um, and so if you have the majority of the world's population um, looking at the world from a totally different perspective and a totally different point of understanding, then the world as we know it cannot remain or culture, as we know, it cannot remain. Um, so all this thing about chasing after gold, money, designer clothes, whatever it is, the majority of the people who are doing that are the ones who are not going to make it. And so um, I can see we could end up with a sort of polar, bipolar sort of culture. So you have um, those who have gone through the change, um, not accepting the world as it is. And then we've got those who are not going through the change, trying to keep the world as it is. Um, and of course, that's, that is, there is a potential there for a bit of conflict, which is why I think that the majority uh, view at the moment is that we go through this change together, so that we do have this massive wave of shift, which totally wipes out um, the other way of thinking or the way, the way of thinking that's created the world that we live in at the moment. And, but that can happen literally overnight. So um, there is no real answer to it, in, in all honesty, to your question, um, because we're in a position where nobody has ever been before. So nobody knows what it's like to have the full soul within the body. And nobody knows... Um, how long those who are opposed to it will be able to remain on the planet. So we're in a state of flux, and a little bit of really, as I say, nobody really knows what's going to happen um, in the short term. Long term, of course, we, we, we have a reasonable idea of what the world will be like, but short term, 
during this year, then we're looking at uh, potential conflicts uh, and potential problems, but they will they will stop because there, there is apart from um, people existing on a soul level, there, there is a sort of collective soul, if you like, the mass consciousness. And um, uh, there's something that the scientists call morphic resonance, which is that if there's sufficient weight within the mass consciousness that says one thing, then the whole of the mass consciousness shifts into that idea. So with a, with a majority of people uh, with the whole consciousness within the body, then the whole of the mass consciousness will shift with it, and therefore those who are not part of this change um, will not be able to stop the movement for change, and their minds will be changed by the mass consciousness shift. Um, so it's possible that even those who are opposed to the change at the moment might end up going through it themselves mm. sometime during this year. So it, it, it's a difficult one to answer because, purely and simply, nobody's ever done it before. Nobody's ever attempted it before. And it's it the same when people ask about um, what are we going to be like when all of this has happened? And the answer to that one is pass. You know, I mean, <laughs> there, really, there isn't an answer to it. Remember what I said earlier, that the the physical body only contains one quarter of the total soul. Now, you think about what we're capable of only with that one quarter, how psychic some people are, um, how good at healing some people are, how people's sensory perceptions are very acute. But what happens when you put four quarters of the soul into the physical body? And the answer to that is nobody knows. You know, we have memories of what we were like on Atlantis, um, and we have memories of what we were like 20,000 years ago. But we've been through a process, a 7,000-year process, and so as physical beings, we are quite different to what we were on Atlantis. You know, we're much more physically dense. We've undergone uh, this whole cycle of knowledge gathering uh, through reincarnation and so our memories are very very different to what what they used to be when we did have the full soul within the body and so ultimately um, there is no way of telling um, or comparing ourselves as we are now to what we will be when we have brought the whole of the soul back into the body Mm. It's a difficult one, and I know that there are some people out there trying to explain it, but really we just don't have the concepts for it. And people who are trying to explain it, I think, are really deluding themselves, or they're limit limiting themselves. Yeah. So, with, in, uh, do you think spirit yeah. has a plan in all this? So, I mean, how does this all tie into, say, the spirit world and our higher self and guides? And do we? Is there an element that we plan? lives before we're born if you like are there certain things that we're we're sent here to do like a kind of a blueprint um every person's lifetime is mapped out before you're born by you and your higher self so the whole of the soul if you like combines between lifetimes and uh plans out 
what you need to do in the lifetime that you're just about to be born into. So everything, all major events certainly are pre-planned. And um, if you if you go against what your higher self thinks you should be doing, then what you end up with is an illness. That that's that's what causes illness is you've taken a wrong step in your life. You've um, stepped off your path, and your higher self is tapping you on the back, saying, "Get back on track. Come on, we we need to sort this out," sort of thing. Um, and um, so, in previous lifetimes, that's been fine, but in this lifetime, we've run out of time. Um, you know, in, in previous lifetimes, if we'd come up against a situation where uh, we said to our higher self, look, this is too difficult, I don't want to go through this, no. Then the higher self would replan a few things, and if we totally ignored everything, then we'd have an illness, die from it, and then we'd come back in another lifetime to put it right. This is where the concept of, the Buddhist concept of karma has come from. You know, the what we do in one life will come back to us in another lifetime. But basically, it's it, it, slightly misunderstand the whole situation because all we're doing is learning. How do we get the whole soul back into the body? And the original meaning of the word karma is just purely and simply knowledge. So this is what we've been doing for 7,000 years, is gaining knowledge how we achieve that. And in order to do that, then we've had certain situations, like spirit guides, for example. Um, more often than not, um, Spirit, what we see as a spirit guide is actually your higher self. And the spirit guide, so the higher self presents itself as a spirit guide, but using a persona that we were in a previous lifetime. To say to us, look, we had the knowledge in this previous lifetime of how to deal with this particular situation. So the your higher self has presented itself as that persona, to try and um, help us through whatever the problem is in the current lifetime. So that's, that's where the bulk of spirit guides comes from. And in, in fairness, the, the bulk of what people call their guardian angels, whatever, is actually their higher self. But there are other entities outside of that. So um, say, for example, um, I don't know, I mean, to give a silly example, say, say your great-aunt Elsie dies and uh, she, the, great, the soul that is great Aunt Elsie in this lifetime realizes that you're having problems and she decides to give you a hand uh, to try and give you some guidance to help you sort out problems you, that you are having in this particular lifetime and therefore what you have is, is essentially a spirit guide somebody who is separate from yourself uh, trying to help you with things um, and that obviously happens relatively frequently, and the other person, the other soul, will work with your higher self to um, try and get things sorted, sort of thing. But then, obviously, in addition to that, what you have are um, beings who are not of the earth, shall we say. And so you're getting into uh, sort of channeled material. Um, now, unfortunately, there is a race out there called the Velon, who are, uh, most people will know as the Anunnaki, the Hathor, the Ola, Mila, Jonah, Junda, sort of thing, um, particularly the Anunnaki, um, who have an agenda, which is not to help people, I, I have to say. 
Um, their purpose seems to be to um, uh, take over the planet, take control of what is going on on the planet. And it is the Anunnaki, um, primarily, who are behind the Illuminati, for example. So in other words, the Illuminati is controlled by um, non-human entities. And then, of course, what, what the Illuminati do is then filter down through all the other structures that we have. So the Bilderbergers are controlled by them, uh, Triactual Commission, um, you name it, who are all controlled, essentially, by the VLON. Um, and those they create situations and scenarios which are trying to fulfill their agenda. So the vast majority of things that have been going on on Earth for the last, I don't know, 150, 200 years even, um, where where it appears that it's going against people's wishes is VLON or originated and VLON driven. Um, so, so the Illuminati, without a doubt, are uh, were controlled totally by the VLON, and through them, then um, you know, high-level Freemasonry, as I say, Bilderbergers and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, you know, and, and the media, because everything in the media is driven uh, by these agendas. So, um, was it eighty percent of all of the media is owned by five people, and all five of them are members of the Bilderbergers. So, by media, I mean uh, television, radio, newspapers, books, magazines, the internet are controlled by these five people. So whatever agenda they want to put out, um, they will put out, and whatever they don't want published will not be published. Um, I'll give you an example of that one. Um, if you think of uh, movies, uh, one of my favourite movies of all, Avatar. You know Avatar? Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. Well, for Avatar, they built a planet called Pandora, wasn't it? Mm. Um, and what they did was create a new planet. So they created a peoples, um, totally different um, animals and totally different fauna, you know, flowers, plants, whatever, on this planet. But if you watch the movie, it's all realistic. You think that what they're doing is filming on this other world. It, it is that good. Now, I came across a report uh, written by a journalist who was a TV cameraman uh, where he was in the Middle Eastern country and was asked to take a shot of an empty street. So what you have is a long view down uh, a street with terraced houses on either side and a road junction quite a long way in the distance with cars passing back and forth down the bottom of the hill sort of thing. And you end up with sort of uh, litter-like newspaper sheets flapping around up and down the street in the breeze. But there's no people on the street at all. The street is totally empty, and that's the originating shot that he took. But when the news item was finished and presented as as a news item, what they had done is taken that empty street and as presented on the news was coming towards the camera were hundreds of screaming people covered in blood, oh. um, making it look as though they were running away from some kind of massacre. But it never existed. It never happened. The... Uh, what was on the screen was all generated by computer. 
propaganda. Sorry? Propaganda. Total propaganda. So whatever you see on the news is propaganda. You know, 90% of all news items are propaganda presented by uh, the Illuminati in one way or another to try and fool us into believing that these things are going on, but primarily to create fear within the population because a fearful population is easily controlled. And if you're fearful, you're not thinking about undergoing um, consciousness reintegration. Yeah. And so that's what these things are all about. And so really what we need to do is ignore the TV, newspapers, and all this sort of stuff because it's all made up. Um, you know, if you remember a little while ago, there was um, a, um, a tetrahedral-shaped UFO over Moscow, and then there was another one over Peking. Those were holograms. They weren't actual ships at all. They were just holographic projections from the ground to make it look like these ships were in existence. Yeah. So do you think they're going to use this on a mass scale at some point? <laughs> uh, well, we're already doing it with the media. Right. Um, you know, if, if you look at um, things like uh, what's going on in Arabian countries at the moment, Syria, what happened in Libya, those those are all engineered to make it look like uh, there were problems in those countries or are problems in those countries. And so it's all just meeting whatever agenda uh, the Illuminati mm. happen to have. I guess we live on the, the good side of the equation in the West where they need our tax money to fund their wars, if you like, and so they have to keep giving us the propaganda so that we feel that our money is being spent for humanitarian purposes when, in fact, it may not be. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the amount of money you and I pay out of our tax it doesn't, it doesn't amount to anything in terms of um, uh, what it costs to run a war. Yeah, so it's coming from um, somewhere else, probably. Yeah, well, governments um, don't rely on tax income. Um, they say that they do. Again, it's another con. Uh, but most governments have sources of money, uh, you know, running into billions of pounds um, that's available to them from other sources and all sorts of different ways. So there is a world money cartel, if you like, uh, that operates things like the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. But again, it's Illuminati-controlled sort of systems. So uh, money essentially comes down to how many digits there are on a computer program somewhere, not how many pounds you have in your pocket. And so, uh, no, it, again, it, it's all a con. And all this financial bank collapse and this recession that's going on, again, has been engineered. Uh, and there is proof of that. It's an interesting one because it does seem to be engineered and obviously by people think, why would they want to engineer it? But by engineering it, they're able to do, they're able to bring in more laws, aren't they? Um, they're able to bring like a European Union together and then have a, a greater fiscal union where a central body then controls the money supply for all those different countries and sets their their budgets and stuff like that and things like that would never happen when they, when times are good so exactly. but then the other, see, the other thing i'm thinking of here right chris is that if as a soul like a greater soul would come here to um become more integrated with a greater awareness of our consciousness right then there must be some sort of a plan here that if 
in one sense, the money supply is collapsing. But then if we're ultimately going to go towards a world where we don't want money and materialism anyway, then perhaps this is almost helping us in a sense. So that doesn't seem to be people are worried they've got no money in their pocket and things are going to get bad. But Mm -hmm. it might be preparing us at a soul level that this is the world we we're going to end up in anyway so we might as well get used to it and then maybe when the soul integration goes through then it becomes easier i don't know what do you think that's why i was trying to think where spirits sort of get into this like is our reality completely controlled by this other energy or is there an element of spirit in there as well helping so is there a good part of the collapse if you like is it all bad or is there a good part of the collapse which is preparing us for who we who become next well, I, I think it was David Icke who came out with the expression originally called sheeple. And that's what the vast majority of the population is. They behave in such a way that whatever somebody tells them, some authority figure purposely, <clears throat> they listen to. And they'll go along with it and they get fooled into whatever it is. They might grumble about it, but basically people don't do very much about it. Um, the As we're going through this process of change, what we're seeing is a massive amount of the lies we've been told and the manipulation that's been going on is coming to the surface. And people are looking at it and going, good God, yes, of course, all, all, so all these um, conspiracy theorists weren't theorists at all. There were those conspiracies going there. But there's an awful lot of people in denial. They're saying, I don't want to know about that. Um, I don't want to believe that we've been pushed in these directions. And so that's where the problem has always lain. If you look back in human history, or at least the last 7,000 years of human history, what you'll find is that the landowners, the mill owners, whatever it is, have said to people, right, we're doing this, we're cutting your wages, but you're working an extra 20 hours a week. And people have grumbled and have done nothing about it whatsoever. And um, But if they'd done something about it, if, if they'd formed a union, gone on strike, whatever it is, then, uh, you know, those situations would never have arisen. So it's always choice. Don't, don't forget, it is always choice, and it's choice of the individual. Um, I mean, one of the biggest shining lights in recent years has been uh, the Polish guy, Lech Walesa who looked at what was going on in Poland in the shipyard he was working in and said, I'm not going to accept this. And what he did was to form a union. Uh, it was a solidarity, wasn't it? Mm. And by forming that union, he broke the whole, all the concepts behind the, uh, the communist bloc. Because he said to people, you can think for yourself, you can act for yourself, and you do not have to accept what you're being told. And uh, so he broke the whole system just by one man standing up and saying, I'm not having this any longer. And so this has been the problem throughout human history is that people have not thought for themselves. They've not acted for themselves. They've just gone along with the flock of people. And this is what created the problems and what, what has allowed organizations like the Illuminati to act in the way in which they have done because nobody has said no. Yeah, so we're almost complicit in in this, aren't we, really? If we don't stand up and uh, and oppose it, then we're allowing them. We're almost giving our free will away, I guess. Totally. It, it's it's a choice. You either stand up and say, no, I'm not having this, or you, or you choose to say, 
okay, I'm going to go along with it. I'm going to grumble about it, but I'll do it. And as I say, everything is free choice. And what has happened is that people have given away their free choice <clears throat> or they've made a decision that says, well, my choice is I'm going to put up with it because I don't want to fight it. Yeah. You always, again, it's fear. It's either fear, but you also think, what can one person do? You feel almost powerless. That you think, well, I'm not going to be able to change the world one person on my own. And that's the way the majority of people think, isn't it? But there are pockets of people that do change the world on their own. So, that coincided, mm. you know. And there are numerous other examples throughout history of people who have stood up and said, no, I'm not accepting this. Um, some of them have lost their life and they've become a martyr and so the cause is fought on, on their behalf sort of thing. But they had the courage to stand up and say so in the first place. And after all, <clears throat> what does it matter if you lose your life? So you're only casting off your physical body. You're not losing your soul. So as a soul, you say, right, well, I've done my job in that lifetime. I'll go off and do whatever it is in the next lifetime. But you've inspired a situation which has brought about change. Um, and that's always been the important thing. And what we've seen since the Illuminati came into being 250 years ago, what we've seen are people just turning around and saying, <clears throat> um, all right, I'll accept it because I don't want to argue against it. I mean, the uh, basically the first act that the Illuminati did was to bring about the French Revolution. Mm. And that lasted 10 years because everybody, after 10 years of it, everybody said, well, this is a load of rubbish. This doesn't work. We don't want it. We never wanted it in the first place. So why are we putting up with it? And the whole yeah. mood changed and they, they broke the revolution. And uh, so things returned back to more the way in which the French people wanted it, rather than how the Illuminati were trying to dictate it. Were they involved in the Russian one as well? Oh, yes, very much so. so they're pretty much involved in all the changes, aren't they, really? They're kind of the script makers. Everything, everything nasty that has happened on the planet in the last 250 years has been engineered by the Illuminati and the, the organisations mm. that they control. Do you, do you think that... Because of reincarnation, that a lot of the people now that are opposing it, like you know, for, us, for instance, us and other people that uh, are aware, could have been part of it at, at some point in their life, and uh, and now we're kind of on the other end of it to experience what it's like to oppose it, if you like. Yes, sure, certainly. I mean, it's always possible. You know, we went along with it, as you mm. say, in, in some previous lifetime, and we've turned around, and the higher self has turned around and said, right, now then, let's see what it's yeah. like on the other side. Because now we're aware of it. I mean, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we didn't have the internet or the media to be even aware of the Illuminati. But, I mean, now there's so many people are aware of it through various books, films, the internet. Well, if, if, if you look at... Um um, TV series like The Prisoner. Do you remember The Prisoner with Patrick McGowan? Yeah, you know, that's right. Cult stuff they re-released the that recently, didn't they? Number one, number two. <laughs> that's it. That's about the Illuminati and control on people. And Patrick McGowan wrote it to try and say to people, um, this is what is happening. And think about it, do something about it. Um, it. There was a film made by Terry Gilliam again back in the 70s, early 80s called Brazil. Um, which again was saying, well, this is how society works. You know, terrorism is created by governments, not by terrorists. 
we've got um, all of this control going on and the, what the media is telling us is what the government wants us to hear or whatever the Bilderbergers or whatever organization wants us to hear. So we, we've had 50, 60 years of people trying to tell us this is what is going on. It's just basically people haven't wanted to listen. As I say, sheeple, it's a wonderful expression. So follow the flock, keep your head down, don't worry about it. As long as you keep eating, it's not yeah. a problem. Nothing to do with me, gov. I wonder when times are good, that mentality is okay, isn't it? But if more and more people feel fall victim to the monetary system, where they're losing their houses, their jobs, and livelihoods, you got you haven't got that luxury anymore to be a sheep. Um, well, you become worse than that because um, you know if if you've lost your job and your house, you're out on the streets. So then it's a battle of survival. Yeah, and so you're faced purely and simply with that day-to-day survival. And you start to realize that, um, you know, you can't go along with the crowd any longer. You've got to fight for yourself. Mm. And so, yes, there are some aspects of what is going on uh, that is waking people up to the reality of it and making them fight back a bit. But um, as I say, unfortunately, the vast majority of people have just gone along with it all and refused to lift their head above the parapet. And, and, you know, very few people have said no. Some have tried, but the majority of people just don't listen. What has changed, though, is that since 96, we've had a huge new energy connected to the planet. And that energy's sole purpose is to raise people's consciousness and or to help people uh, raise their own consciousness. And so over the last few years, we, we've also undergone various other energy shifts. And so... Um, if if people can think back to what they were like in 1996, uh, what they what they should be able to see is that now they are totally different to what they were then, in terms of um, how they understand the world. Um, uh, they they know, for example, that something that is a lie is a lie, whereas in 96 they'd have just accepted it. So people's consciousness has been changing quite a bit over the 16-year period. And um, so we've been building up through this process gentle. It's only very gentle, that's the thing. So most people don't notice gentle, gradual change. Uh, They only notice things when when there's a sudden change. But over this 16-year period, there has been a very gradual rise in people's levels of consciousness. And, um, you know, there's a quote from somebody connected with the uh, the New World Order, as it were, saying that the reason why the New World Order is not as advanced as it should be is because people's consciousness is raising and they won't accept the stuff that the New World Order is trying to, trying to tell them and feed them. So we have changed markedly since 1996 and we've changed, you know, quite a bit. Mm. And so we're already... Um, a reasonable way through the whole process. So we are waking up. Uh, people might not realize it, but let's say if you think back to, to times like 1996 and think of the difference of what you, you as an individual were like then and what you are now, then you will be able to see that there is, there, there is quite a change within each individual. Mm. And it, it is very marked when you look back. It's just as I say, as you go through a day to day, um, then you don't really notice it. Well, I think there's a lot of people power now as well. Though. People are coming together in collectives to 
to protest about things like the recent thing with yep. Vaz and Three Degrees where they've contacted well, hundreds, maybe 100,000 people are willing to change their gas supplier to a different one to, you know, in, you know, because they're outraged at the, um, that they're not actually reducing the cost, uh, the retail cost of gas, even when the, the prices come down and people yep. are now are able to get together and force these people to, to do the job, you know, do the right thing. So I think there's going to be a lot more transparency with uh, corporations and big companies to act in the interest of people as people come together and protest. And I think that's yep. where people are waking up, aren't they? They're actually speaking out collectively, which is what we need to do. Yes, exactly. That's right. Um, you know, um, but we've still got a little way to go. Um, I mean, one of the biggest problems is, is, as I said, what's really behind everything is the VLON. So we have an agenda that is being controlled by a non-human situation. And what we have are uh, this thing about this people who are going, supposedly going through ascension. We're going to have spaceships turning up and lifting everybody off the planet, moving them to a new Earth. Or uh, people are going to go through some kind of ascension to a fifth dimension and the Earth somehow or other is going to follow them. And really we need to get over that because it's utter rubbish. Um, you know, humans have been on Earth for uh, three, roughly three and a half million years, and the Earth is, is the Earth. It doesn't exist anywhere else. There are no other planets like Earth anywhere within the universe other than within our solar system. Um, and so this solar system is specifically designed to be a solar system that supports what we could would, what we consider to be physical life. Nowhere else. You cannot be physical anywhere else within this universe, whether it's a fifth dimension or not. Um, to put this fifth dimension thing into perspective, um, now as somebody who's worked as a psychic surgeon for 30 years, I've worked with people on a soul level. Um, and that's how I do my healing work, is, mm. is work with people's higher selves. But what I also do is read the energy patterns of the body. And when, when talking to things like a fifth dimension, the, the total soul has within it something like 50 dimensions, five zero dimensions. Dimensions are just um, a collection of energy patterns. So one dimension has a higher frequency pattern than the last dimension, if you see what I mean. So that's all a dimension is. So within the total soul, we have something like 50 dimensions. And the body, physical body, is contained something like about 13 dimensions, and that represents about one quarter of the total soul. So when you're talking about a fifth dimension, uh, you're looking at about somebody's navel level. That's how ridiculous this concept of a fifth dimension is. And so we need to get over this thing. Um, we are not going anywhere. We are not ascending anywhere. What we are doing is bringing the whole of the soul into the physical body. So if anything, the opposite of ascension. We are coming into the body, not getting off it. So this whole thing about uh, Ashtar Command, uh, God, you know, 2025, all this sort of stuff, is rubbish. It, it's again, it's the, the same as the Illuminati type of agenda. Is trying to confuse people and create fear. And what we need to do is get over that and remember who and what we are and what the Earth is. I mean, the Earth is 
a consciousness. I mean, the Earth is a soul within her own right. I mean, but it's immense in comparison to the human soul. And so what the Earth is doing is everything possible to help us through this process of reintegrating the soul back into the body. So she is taking a lead, if you like. She's providing a lot of the energy that's going on or funneling the energy into areas where it's needed. What we need to forget about totally is the fact that we are doing anything other than remaining on Earth. And say so there is no nowhere else within the universe that we can go to um, where we can be human. Nowhere else at all. And all of this stuff, as I say, about Ascension, Ashtar Command, Galactic Federation, Galactic Council, God has a many angels and all the rest of it, all of this channeled material has, is rubbish. It is just designed to confuse and create problems. Yeah. I mean, we've recently seen a lot of stuff saying, oh, well, there's a new timeline. It's not 2012 any longer. It's 2012, uh, 2025. And this 2025 date is VLON originated. It has nothing to do with humans. So um, 2012 is the important date. 2012 is when it's happening. No other time, and it cannot be any other place. It is purely and simply here on Earth. As, as we change, um, and as changes occur on Earth, what we also have are changes occurring on the other planets within the solar system. So if you like, see, other planets in the solar system all um, sustained life at one time. And we just had a, a, an accident that occurred within the solar system several million years ago that wiped life out on those planets. So the soul that is those planets has been, if you like, dormant during these, these last 3.8 million years. Um, waiting to see what happens on Earth, because the Earth has continued out of all the planets. She's the one who has said, I'm sticking with this. I like humans. I want them to be here. And so every single planet within the solar system is waking up. Their energy patterns are changing. And so what we will see in the not-too-distant future is new life beginning on these planets. So what we will have is a whole solar system full of life on a physical level. Right. Um, but it can only happen within the solar system because we have a particular type of energy pattern. The solar system is contained within an energy bubble, if you like, for want of a better way of describing it, which um, limits the kind of energy that that affects us, that comes into us. And so basically what this bubble does is to allow physical life to be. And it cannot be anywhere else. So the amount of energy we have available to us is basically a set of energy patterns that make everything within this energy bubble physical. So all the planets within the solar system are physical. And obviously all the life on Earth is physical. But there is no comparable solar system anywhere, anytime within the universe. This thing about a fifth dimension just means... Um, you know, it, it, it's, well, it, it, it's meaningless. Focusing on, on your belly button. <laughs> Sorry? Focusing on it, your well, belly yeah, button. It, it coincides with the human belly button, yeah. Uh, but in terms of, um, you know, it sounds exotic. Oh, it's a fifth dimension. Um, 
if you look outside of our solar system, then you're looking at energy patterns that run into the millions of dimensions that we can choose and interact with. But there is no set of energy patterns that exist anywhere within the universe that coincide with the energy patterns that we have within our solar system. So we can only be physical here. And so, no, we're not going anywhere. So were you, uh, were you aware of the 1977 broadcast on ITV News from the Ashtar Command? Yes, I'd, I'd heard about it. I hadn't, obviously haven't seen it or yeah. heard the transcript, read the transcript or anything. It says something yes, like, I had heard about it. It says, this is the voice of Frirulon. I'm the authorised representative of the Intergalactic Mission. Um, actually, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't say that. There's different variations. Like, it says, we are the Ashtar Command, Galactic Command. And it says, you must, unless the weapons of Earth are laid down, destruction from outer space invasion will quickly follow. Or something like that. And it says... Um, all weapons of evil must be destroyed you have a short time to learn to live together in peace you must live in peace or leave the galaxy something like that yeah and so you know but again it's 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 all just propaganda Um, you know one of the Illuminati items on the Illuminati agenda is um, an alien attack coming from space which again is a lot of rubbish, uh, because alien craft can't get into our solar system unless they're unless they've specifically been given permission. What we have are each of the planets has a guardian spirit, if mm. you like, that works with the planetary consciousness um, to help guard the problem, any problems that might occur on that planet. But the same applies to the solar system. Now, um, there are two gateways into the solar system. One is through the um, constellation of Orion, which connects in, if you like, to the rest of the universe. And then there's another one that coincides with the constellation of Draco, that uh, allows access into the what, what I would describe as the semi-physical races. So these are so-called alien races. Now, um, very, very few races are allowed through the Draco gate. Um, currently, it's those who come from the Pleiades and those who come from Sirius. Everybody else is banned. So the greys who used to come into the solar system for the last 10 years have not been able to. They've been banned mm. and kept out. So are, are there people or beings here that have already got through and they're the ones that are manipulating? Well, there's, there's some of them. Uh, some greys, for example, are still on Earth because when the ban came in, they were here sort of thing. And there are a few, but only a very few, Venon individuals who are on Earth. Most of this control comes from outside of the solar system, and so is a sort of channeled source, if you mm. like. Um, so there are only something like 250 Venon on the planet, that sort of figure, um, who managed to get through in some way or another. Uh, they shouldn't have done, but they did. They got somehow managed to get past the solar system guardians. But things like the Greys, for example, um, who did have free access, um, uh, don't any longer. So, um, and people like the Pleiadians, for example, keep very quiet, um, but they keep an eye on things. So, for example, the, well, the classic one was in the. Uh, 1959, I think it was, when um, the Americans had just introduced a new computer system 
Well, it might be in 69. I, I can't, sorry, I can't remember the dates exactly. But it is a very famous UFO incident where, um, as far as the American computers were concerned, the screens showed um, nuclear missiles coming from Russia. And um, the Americans were about to retaliate, literally within minutes of pushing the button to launch their own um, uh, nuclear missiles. And with that, seven UFOs appeared over Washington. And the the whole of the um, electricity system over Washington and then gradually over the rest of America disintegrated. It, it just wiped out totally. And these seven ships were seen by military aircraft, by military radar, by commercial uh, planes, by commercial radar, and by people on the ground, all the rest of it. So it was very well documented. And then the, the uh, seven ships disappeared, and the electricity came back on. The computers rebooted, and what they found was that the uh, what looked like missiles coming in from Russia was actually a glitch on the software. Mm. So basically, the Pleiadians stepped in and said, you are not going to annihilate yourself, yeah. you're not going to annihilate the planet, and you are not going to release nuclear weapons. Um, so yes, yeah. we have help in that sort of direction. There's been a lot of UFOs yeah. down in uh, uh, nukes, apparently. There's been people that come forward, witnesses that work at military bases, saying they've seen UFOs come in and actually yes. disarm nukes. That's right. Well... There's something pretty nasty about a nuclear explosion in in terms of how we used to do them in the 40s, if you see what I mean. Um, they, they create all sorts of very unhealthy energy patterns throughout the solar system. And so um, the Pleiadians in particular are around to literally to stop us annihilating ourselves. So they will switch off nuclear weapons. Um, if it looks as though they're going to be fired. I mean, the, uh, for example, a nuclear missile was fired at the moon a few years ago just to see what will happen. That's NASA did that, didn't they? To see if it would ring yep. like a bell. Uh, that's it. <laughs> and um, it, didn't, it never arrived because the Pleiadians turned up and neutralized the nuclear weapon. So if it looks like there's going to be some kind of nuclear war, um, then, as I say, the Pleiadians will step in and prevent it from happening, or, or prevent the missiles from firing. So, we do have safeguards built into the system, um, and there are still non, non-human beings who are allowed into the solar system. But generally speaking, UFOs are man-made. The first UFOs we saw were during the Second World War, built by the Nazis in Pienemunde. Uh, by, what is his name, Werner Braun Braun. Nazi Bell. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, 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 they built flying saucers, circular craft that flew. Um, in, with the people watching the skies during the war called them Foo Fighters because there was something bizarre about them. And then Von Braun was taken off to America and the space program was built on Von Braun's knowledge and his genius, basically, because he was very good at building these things. But also since then, they've been they've continued building flying saucers, man-made flying saucers, and also there have been, like the Roswell crash instances, where ships have been recovered, and so those have been back-engineered, 
and what you have, again, are human-built ships. So when people talk of abductions, the vast majority of abductions have been, have been taking place by humans flying what looked like flying saucers. So they're humans acting against humans rather than non-humans acting against humans. Yeah. What about the Eisenhower Treaty? Have you heard about that? That's come out recently. In, in the last couple of days, mainstream media and a lot of newspapers um, actually mirrored that story of Eisenhower meeting ETs and signing the treaty. Meeting the great, yeah. yeah. Well, following Roswell, that's right. Mm. Um, and this is how the NSA got set up because the NSA was initially set up by Eisenhower as um, the interface, if you like, between humans and aliens. Um, the, uh, so they were set up as a communication system. So the NSA, National Security Agency, was set up specifically for that purpose, to communicate with aliens. Um, so, yes, it happened. You know, um, the Greys... It was the Greys at the time, which, which were the ones involved in the Roswell crash. Um, or the crash is, because actually 12 ships came down in the Roswell area during a three-day period. Um, and so it was realized then, of course, that uh, there were these alien beings around the place, and um, maybe what we should do is chat with them and see what technology we can get off them. Mm. And that's really what it's been about, is, and why it was kept within... America, essentially, was the Americans wanted the technology, which is where microchips come from, for example, and transistors and things like that. And Velcro, apparently, as well, and things like that. Yeah, uh, well, so I understand. <laughs> uh, you know, there's all sorts of bits and pieces yeah. that have come out of it. So it's... Um, um, but you have to remember that no, no alien race has developed a weapon. They do not have weapons. Um, they never attack each other, they never fight amongst each other, they do not have weapons. It's only humans who have ever turned alien technology into weaponry. So they, they are literally incapable of attacking people. They can create energy patterns that switch off electricity, for example, because it's energy patterns to switch off an energy pattern. But um, they do not have weapons. So. If we have this scenario, which a lot of people are talking about, of some kind of alien attack coming in, uh, potentially at the Olympics this year in London, um, what you're going to have is a combination of holograms and human-made craft, if this, if this event ever, ever occurs. So they will not be alien ships, except um, if they've got a few alien ships around the place that humans can now fly. They might use a few of those, but essentially um, all of these abduction stories are all about what humans are doing to humans, not what aliens are doing to humans. Yeah. So really so, we, need yeah. To, we, need, we need to progress to our full, or full consciousness. Uh, as, as rapidly as possible, as <laughs> yeah. far as I'm concerned, and <laughs> get over this and see through all of this rubbish, and then we can yeah. stop it because we will have psychic capabilities beyond anything we can understand at the moment. Yeah, and then there's no manipulating people because I think as, as a race at the moment we're so easily manipulated, aren't we? And uh, that is our downfall, you know. Well, we never question; mm. <laughs> we just accept. Mm. As I was saying earlier, that this has been the problem throughout human history, or the last seven thousand years of human history is. You know, somebody who supposedly an authority comes along and goes, he will do this. And you go, all right, then, I'll do it. Mm. 
regardless of the consequences to yourself or your family or other people. There was that classic one, wasn't there, in the 50s of um, that they put somebody into an isolated cell and he said, what you do is you push the button. So when somebody says to you, push the button, you push the button. And uh, what he's going to do is pass an electric shock from the button into somebody else. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. They did it, didn't they? they? No, you're going to be screaming. You're going to hear the other person reacting to the electricity. But it doesn't matter. Just carry on and do it because, you know, it's fine sort of thing. Yeah. And that's what he had with people who, you know, they could hear somebody in the other room screaming when the electricity, was, when the button was pressed. And if they didn't stop doing it, it's just because somebody said, well, you will do it. Yeah, I remember now, now Some people did, in fairness, doing that test. Uh, the, uh, about 50-50, I think, actually turned around and said, no, I'm not going to do this because I'm not going to inflict pain on somebody else. Mm. But 50% of people just went ahead and did it. And that's, that is the worry, isn't it? Because that's almost like it explains why in, say, World War Two with the SS, why people would just go along and, and kill people or, or harm people in such yep. a psychopathic way. You know, people that were probably already before had good standing and maybe had empathy would quickly change to a psychopath. Well, it's not only the SS, unfortunately. It's happened mm. many times since with um, places like Bosnia and Poland and East Germany and that. Yes, you um, people are sort of somehow or another changed into that kind of situation. But again, um, potentially it, it's a soul's choice because it's an experience. It's a difficult one to get yeah. your head around. It is. I mean, it just it just shows you those humans that we are just one step away from being absolute good or absolute evil. And, um, you know, some of us can hold it together and, and others can just quickly... Well, uh, uh, no, again, it's not that straightforward. Mm. It's a very complex um, thing to look at is freedom of choice. Um, uh, let's say, for example, um, it, it's a perfectly valid experience to be murdered by somebody. Because what we've been, let's say, what we've been doing for 7,000 years is trying to find out how the human body works and how we interact with the, with the Earth. So to be murdered is an experience. It's a human experience. It's a uniquely human experience because you can't be murdered anywhere else in the universe. So what you have is uh, somebody says, oh, I'd like to be murdered. I'd like my, my life to be cut short just to find out what the experience is like. And so you wander off and you find another soul who is prepared to do that for you. And then... So that occurs in that particular lifetime. So somebody turns up and murders you, and you think, oh, that's interesting, fine. And the murderer says, oh, that was interesting as well. And that's fine, and they go their separate ways. But at some future lifetime, then the one who was murdered is asked by the murderer if they would mind returning the favor, and could they turn up and murder them because they'd like the experience. <laughs> God. And yeah. that's where the con Buddhist concept of karma comes from is, I think, it's a misunderstanding of free choice. Um, but that's what free choice is all about. And so what looks like a horrendous act on one side, or from a normal perspective, shall we yeah. say, on a soul level, makes perfect sense. Yeah. That reminds me of a story that happened in, uh, I don't know if it's Germany or Sweden or Switzerland, where someone put an advert in the paper that they wanted to be eaten. Oh, like yes, silence yes, of the lambs, yeah, and a man just yep. willingly turned up and offered himself to be eaten. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. You know, 
uh, again, it's all choices. Or there was that guy who wanted to have a head transplant. You know, so <laughs> it was all pretty bizarre. It's very bizarre. Um, okay. yeah. can be depending on which way you look at it. But really, yeah. we've done with all of that. We've finished that. All of that process, we've learned all the lessons that we needed to learn. We've understood all the lessons that we needed to understand. We've reached the point where uh, we know what energies we need to bring the whole soul back into the body. We've been working with them gradually since 1996. And we are now literally ready to make the final step, to bring the whole of the soul back into the body. And that will happen during 2012. There might be a few, still a few lumpy bits to go. So it's not as though the world's suddenly going to become peaceful overnight. There are potentially um, still some disasters, some nasty-looking things to happen. But ultimately, um, what they're doing, what these potentially nasty events are doing is clearing out all the rubbish that we've accumulated over the centuries. And once those are clear, then we can all move forwards. Um, we also need to overcome, as I say, the VLON influence. We need to get people off this, getting off the planet to a fifth dimension rubbish or change is going to occur in 2025 rubbish because it's now, it's 2012. It cannot be any other time. So we need to get people to understand just that. Um, everything is happening now. Everything is happening on Earth. And it might appear as though it's happening slowly or not happening quickly enough. So people will have to be patient for a little bit longer, but we're not talking very long here. I mean, we're coming to the end of February already in 2012, so literally there's only 10 months to go. What's 10 months when it comes down to it? And But this change will not be left until the 21st of December. This will, The change will happen before December 2012. So try and bear with it a little bit longer. Give up this idea of leaving the planet. We're not going anywhere. Um, because by thinking that we are going somewhere, hold the VLON energies in place, and that's creating the biggest problems of all. So we need to get rid of those energies. We need to prevent um, the VLON influence from continuing. Yeah. And the more we do that, the easier this transition will be and the sooner this transition will be. And then we can all look forward to a new Earth, basically. Well, I can't use that expression. No. But a, a, a new culture, a new way of being, a new way of looking at life and a new way of interacting with the planet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I... I look forward to a, a world that's peaceful and, you know, where people treat each other fairly and treat animals fairly. And, Precisely. Yeah, exactly. So, right, well, that's a, that's a great way to end the show. I, I really appreciate you coming back on, Chris. It's been my pleasure. Yeah. Well, hopefully I've made some sense. You have, yeah, complete sense. So, wonderful. So I, I really appreciate that. 